This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. How would you like to be on this airplane? Flight leaving from Los Angeles International Airport heading to Seattle. Uh, It's taxiing to get to the runway so it can take off. And a passenger stood up, walked over to the emergency door, opened it. The inflatable slide went off. The guy slid down the slide and then just sat on a uh, a baggage vehicle and waited for the police to arrive and apprehend hmm. him. Surprisingly civil for that move. <laughs> a passenger posted on Twitter, holy crap, just as my flight was leaving the gate and LA- at LAX, a man ran up from the back of the plane, opened the door. The flight attendants tried to stop him, but he deployed the slide and jumped out. Clearly, he was agitated or nervous or anxious or freaked out about something. I, I get it to a certain extent. People are afraid to fly. Sure. Well, then don't get on the plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're too late. Once you're in, you're locked in for good. The flight attendant said, you need to go back to your seat. And he said, what do I do now? He turned, grabbed the door. It all happened so fast. It was tough to process what was even going on. Yeah. Man, I know it would be tempting to pull. I'm tempted to pull one of those because I want to take the slide down. I got to be honest. It would be fun. I, I, every time it happens on on the news, it's an absolute tragedy, and it's obviously for a terrible reason why it has to be deployed. But it looks sweet. The slide is yeah. amazing. They should do that at air shows. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, just get like a commercial airliner and deploy the slides and let the kids go down. Yeah, you can take a look at the captain's uh, the cockpit, and then you're like, yeah, the final part of the tour is like the end Sliding of down yeah, the slide. It's amazing. <laughs> right after, like right after you see Santa. Look at the positive here. At least he opened the door while the plane was still on the tarmac. <laughs> True. It's actually contrary to popular belief, impossible to open one of those in the sky. The the pressure. In the cabin versus outside makes it like literally impossible. Like not Come super, on. Superman could probably do it, but no human could ever open that if you're in the sky. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered why uh, you don't hear stories about it happening. It's just a, what is it? The pressure keeping it shut. Yeah, yeah. It's the, like the pressure. The air would be so thin, it'd actually be almost like a vacuum on the inside of the cabin. The opposite of if you're in a submarine and you wanted to, like, if you're underwater and you want to open the hatch and all the pressure would be pushing on top of the door, you wouldn't be able to get out there. It'd be the opposite, but the same pressure would exist. Hmm. Um, so, but the, the thing on the back of the school bus, that one can be opened anytime. So be careful. Cause that was the tempting one too. Eh? It does have a buzzer on it. I will say from experience, yeah. I was on a bus, school bus and a kid tried to open the back door. Buzzer went off. Driver slammed those brakes yeah. on pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. But to, maybe don't paint the bar red. Like I know if it's smoky in the cabin, you got to see it. I guess it is red for a reason, but it's also like a tempting. Ooh, I want to pull that. <laughs> what like a red does button. This do. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. This is some good news. We were expecting uh, this to sting more than it's gonna. The 2023 federal budget has been introduced this week, and developing story. This is a win for the beer, wine, and spirits industry. We were expecting a 6.3% elevator tax increase in the price of alcohol here in the country, but uh, it looks like they have capped it at 2%. Not bad. (laughs) 0% would have been nicer. Yeah, well, but if you look at the big picture, Jim, we've gone from basically... uh, 
uh, an IPA down to like an American light beer. <laughs> Percentage wise. <laughs> or a, a grapefruit shandy. <laughs> sure, barely there. <laughs> From 6.3% down to 2%. So the, the 63 would have been basically, uh, they were saying around 25 cents, a quarter for every case of beer that you buy, which doesn't sound like that, a lot. Does that math work? That's what they 6%. were saying. It'd huh. be a quarter on a case of beer. So now I guess we're looking at seven or eight cents hmm. instead. I wonder if they were even planning on doing the 6% in the first place or if it was just they set that precedent and then and then it's good news when it's just 2%. Like they were always just planning on doing 2%, but now they're heroes. Yeah, because they're still putting the price up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like we're like, whoo, thank goodness, thanks, government. No, really, though, you got, uh, you got alcohol in this country and compared to what you can get if you drive a couple hours and cross the border into the United States. It is uh, a staggering difference in price. I, I Down in Florida a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I, I don't even buy anything. I just go in the liquor store to look at the prices. <laughs> Window and, and shopping? shake my head. Sure. And what is... Like a, a giant uh, jug, like a 60 of Tito's vodka was $24 in the U.S., Boy. Here, what's that? 80, 90? Oh, yeah. Well, they say 50% of the price of booze up here is taxes. Yeah. And Ugh. I get it. I get it. Healthcare, you know, it does put a strain on the system. People who are pounding the booze back on a regular basis uh, can cost more to look after in the healthcare system. But where do you draw the line? <laughs> yeah. Why not tax 100% then? So, this is a big win, especially for distillers and brewers. They're very happy about this news. They were saying that this was uh, going to affect their bottom line, that 6% or 6.2% increase. And uh, someone else who's got to be very happy about this news here. Two drinks a week, what's that going to do for you? What? Can I have uh, two liters of pop? Can I have two liters of pop? <laughs> Dino. Yeah, get him on the math. <laughs> yeah, he should be the spokesman. <laughs> send him send him to talk to the federal oh, government. Yeah. I think that's why the, the taxes went down. They didn't want us to send Dino after them. They didn't want to deal with the two liter pop yeah, guy. Yeah, let the dog loose. The Taz and Jim Podcast. It's Taz and Jim. We've got a story of survival here for you. Uh, this is my new rational fear. Tires coming off vehicles on the highway. Oh, <laughs> this, this is crazy. Viral video of uh, uh, a, a wheel coming off a pickup truck on a highway down in California. It was caught on camera by a Tesla with a dash cam and uh, comes off, wheel comes off a pickup truck. It rolls underneath a little Kia that is driving next to it. An SUV, yeah. And the Kia just shoots almost 90 degrees straight in the air, flips over, rolls, lands, and remarkably, nobody was hurt. But can you imagine being the driver of that Kia? You're just, you're on the ground. Oh, it was so quick. It was so quick. (laughs) You're on the ground one second. The next second, you are flying. Yeah. In your car. You're literally looking up at the sky. Like, you're going directly, like you're in a spaceship. The thing shot into the air. Yeah. It, it, you got to see the video if you haven't seen it. It looks like a movie. This makes me think that Fast and Furious is a little more realistic than I <laughs> gave it credit for. It really does look like a Michael Bay 
like, like a stunt from Transformers. You'd yeah. see it and you'd be like, there's no way the physics on that makes yeah. sense. Like when the giant robot would slam the highway and then the car goes... Fly, yeah, yeah, and and or, turns should, into a robot while yeah. it's in the air. Or my favorite, when two cars hit each other and they both go flying up simultaneously. <laughs> that's what it looked like, but just one car. Yeah, this is proves the Fast and the Furious is basically a documentary. It's Jim. real. Vin Diesel is a scientist. <laughs> like when, anytime, anytime, like something crazy happens, I go, they must have hit a tire. Yeah, when that one car jumps from uh, one skyscraper and lands. Yeah. In the other skyscraper? Totally. It could happen. Must have been a tire in the other skyscraper. <laughs> loose loose wheel. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I'm going to be thinking about, I'm going to be watching for now, driving on the highway. Yeah, next time you get your winter tires put on or off, maybe uh, take them back the next day and get them retightened like they tell you to, because I don't know what was going on with this truck. Like It looked like a jacked up truck and maybe fancy new tires on it, and the guy didn't do his due diligence and tighten the tire all the way. The investigation found it was sheared lug nuts. Uh, so somehow the bolts got sheared. Uh-oh. And it does happen in this area as well. Here's a global news story. Woodstock driver business face multiple charges after wheel comes off trailer, hmm. according to the OPP. This story happened this week. 16 charges laid against a truck driver after uh, the wheels came off oh. here. You ever seen those videos of somebody just walking down the street and a tire that has fallen off a truck, you know, like 100 meters ago, is rolling by itself down the street and just takes a guy out? Keeps going. It, 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 I've seen a few of these. One was just a guy on a patio sitting on a, on a chair and a wheel comes by and, and, and knocks him out of the screen. Like, you would just be sitting there minding your own business. And next thing you know, your life has changed. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. The um, the couple in Toronto who had air tags in their luggage that went missing with the airline, and they tracked it to a warehouse and saw like a mountain of lost luggage yeah. in this warehouse. Oh yeah, but still couldn't get their luggage back, mm-hmm. even they knew ex- exactly where it was. Well, this is uh, <laughs> this is even more hilarious. Um, a guy using a tracking device to find his missing luggage at the Atlanta airport did find his luggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when he tracked down the, uh, the AirPod or whatever he was using on his phone there, he, uh, he noticed that the guy at the end of the rainbow, so to speak, was actually wearing his clothes so somebody he tracked the air the air tag and found some guy wearing his clothes specifically his hmm. name is uh Jamal Reed and here he is tracking things down I'm going to baggage claim and all that I'm trying to look for my luggage I'm standing there for like 30 some minutes or so not seeing it and eventually I pull my phone out because I have an air tag in my luggage after I seen that it was not in the airport it was actually in Grady this silver one right here I have a tracking device in here and I tracked it here to you and you have my shirt on that's insane (laughs) my shirt and my jeans wow that was quick that guy must have had no clothes (laughs) he steals that finally yeah so he found the guy denying he knew where the bag was but he's wearing his clothes (laughs) oh i don't know if i just stole a bag of luggage like i would not be answering my door to strangers for 24 hours you gotta assume everybody's got an air tag now they're very common yeah 
What does an AirTag cost? I feel like I need to get one of those things. Worth it, whatever it costs. <laughs> if you're flying? Yeah. And you don't want to lose your bags? 100%. They totally. seem to be like the savior of lost luggage. Mm-hmm. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. And you've got to be pretty darn excited. Your Toronto Maple Leafs have clinched a playoff spot seven years in a row. They have made the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> it is uh, sadly one of their longest stretches of playoff uh, cl- of, of playoff appearances, considering how old the franchise is and how storied it is. You know, yeah, the Red Wings went on like a 20-year run there. Mm-hmm. It's storied, but how does the story usually end? Heartbreak? <laughs> With uh, me questioning all my life choices up until this exact moment? It's heartbreak until it isn't. Yes. We're not at the end of the story. We're in the middle. So yeah. Okay. Tell that to the guys who died before they won another cup. <laughs> the Leafs owe them an apology. <laughs> well, so here's the thing with the Leafs. I mean, they have, not only do they, you know, have this issue where they haven't won a, first, a series since 2004, every time they go to the playoffs, most, most often the past 20 years, they go to a game seven. So they've made 13 appearances in the playoffs since 2002, nine times. They've gone to a game seven. Wow. So they, I mean, not only have they had trouble winning a series, but even if they were to try and do it quickly, they can't do that. So I would expect nothing different this time around. They're going to play Tampa Bay. We know they are going to play Tampa Bay. It's for sure going seven games. It's for sure going uh, seven games. Toronto has been, I think, the better team in the regular season, but that doesn't mean anything when you get to the playoffs, especially when you're considering you're playing a team that's won two of the last three Stanley Cups. I think Toronto can get past Tampa. I I saw Tampa play uh, a couple weeks ago. Took my son to a game down there in Florida. They started out very strong. I don't think they're as good as they were at the start of the season. I don't. I mean, I I do think there is something to be said for just the cumulative amount of time you've just spent playing over the past couple years. It wears you down. But, I mean, this is a battle-tested team. Don't count them out whatsoever. The East is just an absolute battleground. So whoever wins this, let's just say, like, who? I'm not even going to say. Whoever okay. wins this. I know you don't want to jinx anything, I don't want to jinx anything. But whoever wins this gets Boston in the second right. round. Like, the best team who, in the league. Who is Boston going to be playing in the first round? Do we know that yet? So the, Toronto plays Florida tonight. The Panthers are still trying to fight for the wild card. So... Toronto and Tampa are going to play, we know that, but the wild cards still have yet to be uh, officially decided yet, so that's still up in the, up in the air. But you look at, uh, so in the, in the, you got Toronto, you got Toronto, sorry, you got Toronto, Tampa, Boston, you also got Carolina, New York, New Jersey. Like, you have got, like in New York, New Jersey, you've got two teams also in the same situation as Toronto and Tampa, that one very good team is going to be gone almost immediately. The East is just so deep that whoever wins in the Toronto-Tampa series is going to have the hardest path to winning the Cup because you've got this behemoth in the second round in the Boston Bruins. Yeah, doesn't it just figure, given the rivalry between the Leafs and the Bruins, that a year where you've got some hope, you've got a, a great Toronto Maple Leafs team, Boston is just lights out good. Boston is just, they're, they're a beast. Like this is the, I think this is the best Leafs team in 20 years. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't win a series. I mean, even then, Just if you get win to a, the second round. Honestly, even if they lose in the second round, I get was the just monkey off say, your back. Like, you got to get through the second round, but even getting to the second round 
I mean, it'll be nice, but it doesn't feel like much of a victory if you lose in the second round. I know, but we can't do a first round exit again. You can't do a yeah. you can't do a first round exit. No. But how might this team change next year with William Nylander approaching the end of his contract, and he's going to want a big deal? Like the salary cap has not gone up enough to just keep everyone together long term. Good news is speculation that O'Reilly could return this week or most likely next week. For yes, sure. he's been on LTIR. He had to miss at least 10 games after he broke uh, uh, the bone in his hand. But when you bring him back, again, you've got a guy who won the Stanley Cup in 2019, was the captain of the St. Louis Blues. You have an extremely deep team. I know there's anxiety around this time every year, but let's focus on the positive. Toronto has clinched a playoff spot. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim has a big wedding coming up this June. Dude, we are getting mm-hmm. close. April, May, basically two and a half months. I know, it's crazy. That. No, I think it's like two months in my mind. You're going to be a married man. Mm-hmm. Have you written your vows yet? No. <laughs> and my fiance did bring it up. I think she wants us to. I really do not want to. She wants you to write your own vows. That's In my mind, that's what the wedding speech is for. At the ceremony, or at, at, the, the uh, at the reception. Yeah, yeah. Get the ceremony over with. Get into it at the reception. Is this where you finally take a stand on planning the wedding? Yes. I refuse I've to rolled write my over. Own vows. <laughs> You've had your way on almost everything. <laughs> I will be Googling or using chat GPT <laughs> to come up with my vows. I refuse to write them on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do end up doing it, Jim... I'm going to give you a, a tutorial on how not to perform your own wedding vows. This video has gone viral. It's a, uh, a wedding photographer and videographer posted this on TikTok after he filmed a wedding where the groom had everybody feeling very uncomfortable and cringing during his vows. This is in front of the entire wedding. Standing there at the uh, end of the aisle, bride wearing the white dress, he's wearing the tuxedo, and this is how he decided to play it. Only two things are required to keep me happy, keep my belly full and my b****s empty. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, this is like, this is when he's looking into her eyes with the minister behind him? It's not the minister, it was his mother performing the ceremony as well. Oh boy. Okay, so when you hear someone interject here, it's his mother. Well, you're amazing at half of it, we really need to get you some cooking lessons. (laughs) Even when my belly isn't full, there is no one I could ever love more in this lifetime, unless I actually get a chance to meet Margot Robbie. Since the beginning, I was always told life gets even better when the kids fall asleep and you tell me to come to the bedroom. <laughs> Nothing's better than the sound of gagging and headboard slamming. Michael. P.S. Since you're so good at making decisions like Mary and me, you can choose whether tonight's going to end with being a toaster, strudel, or a Twinkie. <laughs> being that I am his mom, I will deal with him later. He is grounded by all means. Oh my God! Can you imagine being in that crowd? I can. I can imagine being the father of the bride and, and wanting to clothesline that. That guy? would be. That would be a wedding and a funeral. The old saying, <laughs> right there. Honestly, <laughs> like it's one thing saying the joke, even saying the kids go to bed, come to the bedroom. You know, that, alluding yeah. to something is fine. And I'm no stick in the mud. But he crossed the line There's a, a time number of times. I don't know. Like, I, like I want it to be funny. It's, it's, it's okay to be funny. But none of them were really that funny. They're all just very vulgar. I would have loved to be there. Oh, because uh, I do like uncomfortable situations yeah. as long as I'm not the focus. Oh of yeah, them. those jokes aren't funny, <laughs> but that situation the is situation, hilarious. Situation, it's like you're in a a Kenny Powers episode. Oh. 
Boy. But you're right. If I if that was my daughter up there, yeah, and that guy is saying that in front of everybody, I would in front of Granny. Yeah, I, I would be very disappointed with my daughter's decision. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, I would not be happy at all. Uh, I don't know what I'd do. Honestly, I obviously wouldn't murder the guy, but there'd be some tension. Oh, the father of the bride speech would be <laughs> one to hear I at would, the reception. Honestly, I would take all the money back I put in that wedding. You want to be the big man? Yeah, you think you want to say that in front of everybody? Take, give me my $20,000 back. These may not be the worst wedding vows in the history of weddings, but this guy probably is in the running here. Only two things are required to keep me happy. Keep my belly full and my is <laughs> empty. So you're amazing at half of it. We really need to get you some cooking lessons. Even when my belly isn't full, there is no one I could ever love more in this lifetime unless I actually get a chance to meet Margot Robbie. With his mother officiating the wedding right next to him. Classy move, bud. Jim's getting married in a couple months. His fiance Sarah has said, why don't we write our own wedding vows? Uh, Jim may not be on board for that. He, he, he doesn't think it's... Uh, Something that needs to be done during the ceremony. I don't think I've ever actually seen self-written vows at any wedding I've been to. Well, in case you do go in that direction, we've got some Taz and Jim listeners who are giving you tips so you can avoid the uh, the cringeworthy TikTok viral video like this guy has out there now. Hey, go ahead. Who's this? This is Vicky. Vicky. You got yeah. some advice for Jim. Writing wedding vows. He seems completely against doing this, by the way. So if you are, I would honestly say, tell your fiance that. Because if you don't feel it, it's not going to be genuine and it won't be what she wants. Yeah, I did tell her. We're on the fence. (laughs) And what did she say? We're on the fence. She says she She thought it'd be nice. See, in my opinion, like half the time you can't even hear what the people are saying. It's like... The wind is blowing into the microphone. This is going to be an outdoor ceremony. Uh, I think it's better in the speeches when you're when everybody's like a captivated audience after a few drinks at the reception. Yeah, I, I see that. But you know what? Keep it light. If that's you know if that's what you want to do with it, then it doesn't have to be this big, like profound, deep thing. If that's not your thing, it's not going to come across as genuine. My husband kept it really light. He, you know, opened with a really cute joke and spoke from his heart. It was beautiful. It was not this big, heavy thing. It was just, it was light. It was very him. Both you can of our keep vows, it short as well. Short. It doesn't have yeah, to be Can I just high-five her? <laughs> Here's my vows. <laughs> but, but, Jim, you're saying that nobody looks forward to the vows. I honestly do look forward to the vows. Like, that's the moment for me in the ceremony where I usually, if I'm sitting with my wife, I'll grab her hand because it takes... <laughs> Right. A hundred percent. It It takes me back to that special moment that her and I had and, you know, and what an incredible day that was for us. And it makes me excited for the bride and groom because they're experiencing that same thing as, as their friends and family watch. I, I'm a, I'm a vow guy. I like the vows. I don't like the, uh, the, uh, generic vow. I do like, a. A written vow. If you write your own vows, I'm there for it. You know, I had a little bit of help. My husband had a little bit of help. We had some ideas of what we wanted to say, and we had some people sort of help us with the phrasing. And I found that really, really helpful because it's like I have all these thoughts that I want to say, but I just don't really know so the best like, way to get the them fat. out. So that can be helpful, too. <laughs> Thank you, Vicky. 
And I like an open mouth tongue kiss as well, Jay. As <laughs> the king like of romance. Full on, I want to see like a heavy makeout. <laughs> yeah, a dip. When they say kiss the bride. Sure, you got it, bud. You know, it just takes me back to our wedding. <laughs> you remember when I grabbed my wife, smooched her? <laughs> a lot of people saying, keep it simple, be honest. That's the best advice I think we're getting here. The winner is... Devin Peacock. I want to see you peacock. Cock, cock, peacock. Let's take a look at sports. Peacock, Devin Peacock, peacock is our sports peacock, guy, and he is here with us. Peacock, the NFL spicing things up with juice. NFL has, uh, for some people, for the longest time, stood for the No Fun League. And in some respects, it still is the No Fun League, but they're slowly but surely changing that. They, a couple of years ago, uh, changed the way they viewed numbers. So you've seen a lot of wide receivers, a lot of different players wearing like ones or twos, when normally that would be just resigned for quarterbacks and punters, essentially, and kickers. I didn't realize that. So if you had one of the the super low numbers, you... Had to play a certain position. Yeah, they they limited position by or number by position. Unlike college football, where you can wear any number you want, and sometimes in college you would have the same player, you would have two players wearing the same number, just an offense and defense. Huh. And the NFL for the longest was time, that number sixty nine. Uh, <laughs> if they were linebackers, yes. <laughs> and for the longest time, the NFL basically, if you're a wide receiver, you're between eighty and eighty nine. Like that was it. And so when they went to the teens a couple of years ago, that changed. Then a couple of years after, uh, later, they changed it even more. So now they are allowing players to wear the number zero and the number double zero. This is something that a couple players did in the 60s and 70s, but it wasn't huge. But then it ended. And so to go to zero, to me, is sort of like a, a minor little, little signifying uh, decision by the NFL that... They're loosening things up a little bit. So I, I, I like it. I mean, it sm- sounds like a small thing, but I like it. Sounds like a roulette wheel now. <laughs> Ooh. We got zero and double zero. <laughs> you, know, you think there's going to be a lineup for players looking to get those numbers on their jerseys? Calvin Ridley, who uh, is was suspended by the NFL last year because he bet on some NFL games. He was traded <laughs> by <you> Atlanta <laughs> to Speaking Jacksonville. Yeah. He was traded by Atlanta to Jacksonville. He Im- announced immediately he's changing to number zero with the Jaguars. So there's at least one player who wants to be zero. I can guarantee you there's going to be other guys because it's a cool number. You think about and that somebody jersey? gets to set the precedent for like who's going to be the zero guy. Like Jordan has 23. Yeah. So who gets to be the zero guy? Who's going to be the zero guy? I mean, Calvin Ridley could have a huge year in Jacksonville. I don't, know, I don't think he's going to be the zero guy, but he could be a guy when you're thinking about fantasy months from now, playing with Trevor Lawrence in that offense with Jacksonville. Jacksonville in the very early going here looking kind of good for next year, but uh, Calvin Ridley is one player who is going to be wearing zero. Something else that's kind of interesting in the NFL right now is Thursday night games. They're looking at changing how many times teams can play on Thursday nights. Players do not like this because this means we have a short week. There's also a lot of consternation in the league right now because they're talking about flexing games. And so like halfway through the season, say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are having a good year, but they're not supposed to be playing on Thursday night. They would flex that to Thursday night. And the owners are fighting amongst themselves because 
for some fans, they may not be able to make the Thursday night game, yeah. but they can make the Sunday game. So there's a lot of internal uh, conflict going on in the NFL right now. So they want things to be a little more fluid so they can pick the Thursday night games based on what's going to get them ratings. And don't forget, Amazon recently paid you know through the nose for Thursday night games. And last year, the Thursday night games weren't the greatest. So I'm guessing Jeff Bezos went over to Roger Goodell and said, give us better games. Bezos. <laughs> Thanks, Dev. <laughs>